0: listening to Impact Sports Radio and this is Behind the Mask Behind the Mask Gentlemen we're back Finally we have college hockey It's been a long wait they haven't played since February March something no that March But anyway college hockey's back Michigan State hockey's back Behind the Mask uh, I'm Kyle Hattie. I am the lone returner of the podcast. Johnny Supang graduated, and Ryan Collins is a very busy man these days. So, we welcome in three new additions to the podcast. Uh, gentlemen, introduce yourself. Give your own background. Give your give yourself a little background about hockey. How'd you get into it? What brings you here? Go ahead.
1: So, I'm Ryan uh, I'm currently a junior at MSU. I've been a hockey fan my whole entire life. Haven't played much of it except for a couple years of roller hockey, just with my friends, played goalies. So shout out to all the goalies out there and played a full right goalies. So shout out to all the full right goalies. Probably, you know, 1% of the universe has them. But I've loved hockey all my life. Favorite NHL team. Definitely the Detroit Red Wings home dog. Love them. Loved them my whole entire life. And uh, just fun, high paced sport. And who can't love hockey? Am I right? It's great
0: you're right all right next up, jacob
1: all right yeah and for me i'm jacob
2: stinson yep i'm jacob stinson um i'm from st louis missouri i grew up with watching the blues the whole time it's kind of all there was because i didn't like baseball the Rams were always awful when i was growing up so i was turned to hockey i started playing when i was about second grade um I was a center of my first year and then I transitioned to goalie and I played up through high school, but it's been, well, of course, it's been my favorite sport all my life. So it's been fun. And
3: then, Cam. and then I'm Cameron McLaren. Uh, I'm a native of Dallas, Texas. Um, a fan of the Dallas Stars since I was about nine years old, started playing hockey in the mall system down in Texas, hopping from one mall to the next. Um, got out of the, uh, Got out of playing hockey when I was 12 and started playing beer league when I was a uh, senior in high school. I was 18, so I was able to play and been a beer league greaser ever since. So it's been a great ride so far, and hopefully if I stop injuring myself, we'll continue going.
0: Love it. Yeah, so half the uh, speed has seen winning hockey in the last five years. You can guess which one who. Uh, but, yeah, we're all brought together to talk about Spartan hockey, which brings us here. Uh, do you have a couple announcements to make before the year? uh that were in probably in the past week. Uh Michigan State then announced their schedule and captains. Tommy Apap returns as the captain and they assigned Tommy Miller to uh, Tommy Miller to take same sleep as captain spots and then two uh, alternate captains, Dennis Zazana and Den, uh Mitchell Lewandowski. So not shocking. Probably who we expected. And Sazana and Lewandowski were also named to preseason honors and rankings. Uh, Sazana led the big uh, – Sazana is the leading returner in points for a defenseman. He had 22 last year. And then Lewandowski made second team, and he's reported 20 points in all three seasons here in Michigan State. So a lot of departures with the uh, seniors last year, so they have some big shoes to fill. Any thoughts, gentlemen?
1: We got the Tommies as captains, man. Two Tommies as captains, I like it. Team chemistry already building before the season. You know, you got to love it. I, I mean, obviously, that was, that was kind of the go-to for captains, but it's cool to see two guys same first name captains. I don't know. It's, it's just a me thing, probably.
0: No, that is unique. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Didn't think of that. Jacob?
2: Um, I mean, yeah, for sure it's always good to see that, but yeah, I, I'm curious to see how these two will fit. Once again, leading a very young kind of inexperienced team this season. They're not projected to do the best in the league, but um, it's it's curious. It'll be interesting to see how that'll play out.
3: Yeah, I'm full on the Tommy train. When the train's on the tracks, you better get out the way. So Two, two. two guys that really showed themselves last year, and um, I'm really looking forward to see what they do for this team.
0: And you are right. They do have big shoes to fill because if I if I get this number correctly, I think Michigan State lost five their top seven scores from last season, and they lost seven. Yeah, they lost seven seniors, and that t- it was a big. It's definitely a big loss. They're going to have to re- uh, replace some of that talent. But they doing they do bring in ten new uh, additions uh, to the team this year, which we're, we're probably going to start this. Uh, the only one that isn't coming into college for the first time is Charlie Combs, who. Uh, Comes in from Bemidji. Am I saying that I, right?
1: I think that's how you say it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Bemidji? Yeah.
0: But they got a graduate transfer, 18 points in 33 games last year. Charlie Combs should be a nice little veteran leadership on this young, young team. And then we go through the list. I'm not going to give up all the stats because we'll work on time crunch. We have a lot to get to. Uh, Powell Connor plays defense. Kyle Haskins, forward, forward, AJ Hodges, goalie, John Moore. Uh, defense: Na- uh, Nash, Neenhouse, Hewis. I said that wrong.
1: Neen, Neenhouse okay, is, that. yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I got I got Yeager Joshua wrong all last year. Probably <laughs> just gonna be a theme. Uh, goalie: Pierce Charleston. Uh, defense: Calvin Dybics. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher a lot of names this year. Uh, Aiden Gallagher, uh, Rochester Hills, Michigan native, and then uh, forward Christoph Papp who actually was born in Hungary. So, you know, didn't recruiting internationally. Oh, yeah, he has been in the U.S. since 2014.
1: But, actually, he's been in U.S. since uh, I'm pretty sure 2009. He moved to L.A. and I think then he moved to Michigan after that a couple years.
0: Did elite prospects lie to me? Possibly. See, that's why I'm not alone here. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, not bad looking roster. They do return some of the interesting talent. Uh, there, there's definitely be a, couple, be a couple guys that need to step up this year. Obviously, you lose uh, guys like Rosberg, Saliba, Kodorenko, Letheman. You you have some big shoes to fill.
1: A little comment on some of the new guys. Charlie Combs really interesting to me. He's he's a little bit on the shorter side, which I haven't seen Dan Cole really go after. But graduate transfer, I guess you know anything's up for the for the taking there. But He's five foot six, one eighty-one. And Cole said that he's a goal scorer and plays hard on his edges. He brings a down low type of game that Cole really hasn't recruited ever. So if you want to look at a new guy, I would definitely recommend Charlie Combs, brings a different style to the game. And another one, Christoph Pep, that we highlighted, uh, born in Hungary, came over to the US at a young age. Uh, he said that, or Cole said that he plays high-paced, fast hockey. He has great vision and great hockey sense. So another, he, ha- he kind of highlighted, he hasn't had a player like this before. So two guys that you want to watch that are new and interesting, I would definitely recommend Christoph Papp and Charlie Combs.
0: And yeah, Jacob, any, any prospects you guys are looking at?
1: Uh, I
2: only really was looking specifically at Charlie Combs just because I love to have some nice St. Louis representation when you're on the team. But um, I, I think Combs will definitely be interesting. Uh, being a transfer, he'll um, provide some, some good experience, hopefully, to, this, to the team, being very young and all.
3: And with Combs, I mean, 5'6", 194 is what he comes in at. Um, you're seeing a lot more players, um, especially in the NHL, that are a lot shorter than you would think for uh, forwards. Uh, guy that comes to, to mind, Rocco Grimaldi of the Nashville Predators, and with with these shorter guys, a, it's a lot harder for those tall defensemen to get those pucks, um, especially whenever they're put in deep. Um, especially with smaller forwards coming in, they're a lot quicker and they're a lot they're a lot lower to get right below that center of gravity. So I mean, you got a puck fight along the walls. I would much rather have that five six forward in there to just continue jabbing at it. Um, and then for me, the two goalies, uh, Pierce Charleston and then uh, John Moore coming in to give uh, the Ritter some competition after uh, Latham and left. So it should be a good goalie battle in the next uh, – this year and the next year as well.
1: One more thing on Charleston. I, I should have actually said it a little bit earlier, but my bad. He, I was looking at him and really, really interesting stat. In 2018 and 19 – his record was 42 and two. This guy did not know how to lose. I, I didn't really look at the team that much. Maybe he had the two Zidane Charos in their prime for defenders. And, you know, it was, it was just no shots got to him. I didn't really look at it, but he had a, what did I put here? He had, he had a 9.913. I hate how they put save percentage. He had a 0.913 save percentage and a 2.16 goals against average. So not like. Not the top, not the best, but still, 42-2, and two, you got to be doing something right. So I'm really excited to get him into the team and give some DeRitter some competition because for the goalies, you always want, you always want goalie competition. It, it always helps out the team, and DeRitter's stepping into that number one spot. You want somebody to push him, want somebody to be constantly on his heels, and I'm pretty sure Charleston will be that player to test him.
0: I like that. Uh, The one I'm looking at is AJ Hodges. Uh, He played in the USHL. I say you're six foot one, uh, 185, Uh, and I think they put a chip on his shoulder because during the halfway into the season, they traded him from Muskegon to Sioux City, and once he went to Sioux City, he almost put up a point a game. So they put a chip on his shoulder. So he's got something to prove, and I'll look out for that. Yeah, those are the freshmen. We move on to the roster as a whole. Obviously, they're filling left mid shoes. Uh, any other guys you're looking at to fill some holes and maybe have a good uh, stepping-up breakout year?
1: Um, I'm kind of looking at Dennis Sassana stepping up as a alternate captain and a junior, so who knows? Maybe he'll take that captain role as a senior, but he was, I believe, third in scoring for Big Ten defensemen, and he just had an overall solid game. If he can somehow elevate that just a tiny more, I, I know obviously he's on the uh, the Big Ten preseason uh first team we'll we'll talk about that a little bit but i mean he's he's going to be a leader in this team and if he could somehow take it even one step further i think you're going to be looking at a very very good defenseman and probably top one or two rounds of the nhl draft maybe three i don't know maybe i'm pushing it here but we'll see i'm 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 excited to watch him this season
0: you know uh, for sure um one of the one of them i'm looking at uh, is Josh Nolte, who came in as a freshman last year, and with uh, Kordenco gone, I'm I'm going to assume Nother slots into the top line with, with Lewandowski and Mueller, because Mueller uh, started the year last year on the first line and eventually kind of bounced around the uh, bounced around the lineup. So Kedent and Cole saw something uh, something out of Mueller early last year, and I think he he's going to build on that because uh, over over the course of the year, Mueller got more aggressive. He got he got better low down low. Uh, it, it was it was kind of interesting to watch. Like you, you kind of see him, and you kind of sneak behind defense. Like they wouldn't know where he is. He'd kind of sit on the side of the net, right behind it. And then, like, I think I think I think uh, poised for a big year as well. But I'm gonna go another.
2: I'd Say for me, uh, I, I definitely am still looking at the uh, the battle between the next year because at the beginning of the season, uh, Coach Cole kind of was switching out leftman and Ritter. A little bit trying to get a competition before Lethman proved himself like the clear-cut starter and so I'm really curious to see if more Charleston can like uh, give Twitter a bit of competition give him a push and um, see if anything happens.
3: For me I mean you highlight loss of scoring threats um, in the graduating class last year. Um, One big thing last year that I noticed was that third and fourth line for Cole um it would all it was a lot of shifting, a lot of moving parts, a lot of guys coming in and out of those third and fourth lines. And for me, I wanna I'm kinda looking to see what uh Adam Goodser is gonna do. Um, I know watching him a couple of games, he was actually pretty eminent threat on the ice. Um, you know, it's not all about scoring, it's not all about points per game, it's about, you know, those third and fourth line guys it's mainly getting in there working your opponent's third and fourth line down um if you want to get a mismatch you know some teams like to play their third lines or second lines against the opponent's first lines if you can get your third and fourth line to just continually um put pressure on the on the uh, the defense and get the, and get pucks on net and just wear down that goalie that's pretty much what you're looking at from a third and fourth line um perspective so well, i mean We'll see how this team gels, especially with um, you have a lot of freshmen and then you have um, you have a couple of guys who are going to need to step up big. But I mean, you're you're going to win your games off your third line. If you're Michigan State, um, Your scoring threats, not there um, as it was last year. But if you can just continually wear it on the goalie, wear it on the uh, other team's defense, you, you have a good shot at winning these games, whether they're low scoring um, and if uh, you can get some good competition between the Nets.
0: No, I, I think you're right completely. That, uh, that Estevez, Goodsir, and APAP line last year, they, they were a handful if, if you're playing against them uh, in the defensive zone, in Michigan State's defensive zone. They block shots. They, make, they, win, their, they win their loose puck battles. They get it out, and they eventually you get, you get worn down, and they get you on a break, and they can take it down in the ice on a rushing score. So, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, when, when you lose this much offensive production game, you're right. You need to replace it with all four lines. You can't just look at, like, Lewandowski, Nodler, Muir, APAP to, like, try to pick up that slack. And they they will need to replace the scoring because, as we look at the schedule, it is they – they don't get a break all uh, the entire first half of
1: the year. Oh, man. It is grueling. Just, yeah.
0: Just, just to go down the list, uh, their opponents in order: number fifteen Arizona State, number ten Ohio uh, at number ten Ohio State, uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin, fourteen and twenty-five respectively, all in a six-game, all in a one-week span, and then finish the first half of the year, almost uh, near Christmas, at Notre Dame, number twenty. So, uh, if if they if they want to prove they're uh, legit Big Ten contenders, win some of those games, and no one no one's going to doubt them. So any, any matchups in specific you guys are looking at?
1: Uh for me, I I want to see how they start right off the bat. I feel like Dan Cole is a good coach with having these players ready preseason going into the season. He showed it last year against some uh, early competition how the team was performing well. So I want to see how he how he coaches this team during this pandemic. Obviously. Like, who knows what's going on this year? Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what these teams are going to look like? These preseason rankings probably are going to look radically different to the postseason rankings, if we get to it, hoping we do. But I, I think I have faith in Cole and what he does as a coach. And from what I heard in press conferences, a lot of people are stepping up. All the players are holding each other accountable when it comes to uh, training, strength conditioning, all this and that. So I, I look at the first competition and it's a real competition at Arizona State and hopefully Michigan State can prove themselves.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like looking at one particular matchup, I think, for this season, but rather it's kind of just taking the totality of it all, having every single team you're playing being ranked. That's 10 games in a row right off the bat. And so it really it serves an opportunity for MSU to prove themselves. Like if they can get some wins against Any of these top twenty-five teams, then like that already there can prove they're legit contenders in the Big Ten. And even if not, if they don't, if even if they go zero and ten, the phrase still kind of rings true: iron sharpens iron. So if if you keep playing the best teams over and over again, eventually you're going to get better. So either way, it still can serve as a proving or an opportunity to either prove themselves or opportunity to get better.
3: Yeah, I mean, to piggyback off of uh, Ryan, that first series is going to be pretty pretty fun to watch. Um, but um, you really hope they do come out with a fire in their bellies. But we take a look at last year's opening um, month of the season. You really – the big games that you're going to look for um, from last year's schedule, that Cornell series. I mean, the Spartans opened up with a really high-powered offense, but the discipline – that's where they got into trouble, and they ultimately lost that series against Cornell, and they were taking a lot, and I mean a lot of penalties. And taking a penalty is one thing, but not being able to kill it off is another, but you can't put yourself in those situations against a team like Cornell. And so what, what I'd be looking for is how does Danton, Dan Cole put um, that emphasis on his players, you know, to take risks, especially early in the season, especially against Arizona State, which is a really good team now really good team this year but to keep that discipline um and for me as uh, uh, the main series for me to watch would be the uh the four games in 10 days against Minnesota and Wisconsin the Minnesota series I'm not too worried about I I think the Spartans may be able to hold their own but that Wisconsin um against Wisconsin that that second half of that uh that four games in 10 days this is a team that had really high expectations last year and the Spartans dealt with them really well, really nicely, um, defensively and offensively. They really took a lot of those high, high power players from that Wisconsin team out of the equation every time they played them. So hopefully, you know, you watch the film on a team um, there. That'll be the fifth series, I believe of the season. They'll be able to watch the film and, Yes, Wisconsin's ranked number twenty-five right now, but that could be a really good momentum builder for the uh, for the Spartans going into the Christmas break.
0: Yeah, and we will we'll preview Arizona State next week. Right now, this is just our little preseason podcast. Kind of the intro back to you and behind the mask. Uh, but yeah, that that you play four games in six days against two top twenty-five teams preseason poll that. That that's gonna be a growing stretch. But if they come out of that three and one or four zero, they they're in really good shape themselves. And now that we know all the games, we might as well. Actually, I think it'd make more sense to do our projected standings first before we go to the pick 'em, so we can justify our picks a little easier. Uh, so we we here behind the mask did our projected uh, final standings of how the Big Ten will look once the season finishes. Uh, I'll start off. I have Michigan, who I'm high, really high on. I'll get I'll get that a little bit later. Uh, so I have Michigan, Minnesota, Penn State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Wisconsin in last.
1: I have uh, Minnesota first. We'll, we'll talk about this in a sec, but Minnesota first, Michigan, Penn State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. So Michigan State, hopefully not going to finish last, but we'll see. I also agree with Ryan on
2: this one. I also have Minnesota first, followed by Michigan, then Ohio State, then Penn State, then Notre Dame. A little
0: tactical there. Me and Jacob cut out. Jack could you repeat that?
2: Oh, yeah, sure. My bad, my bad. Um, oh, here we go. I agree with Ryan on this one, too. I have Minnesota first. Um, I got – Michigan second, then Ohio State, then Penn State, then Notre Dame, then Michigan State, then Wisconsin.
0: I know pretty similar. Cam, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I basically just hit the control V button on uh, Hattie's picks. I got Michigan at number one. And then following out, uh, Minnesota, Penn State, North uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Wisconsin.
0: So, all – no real fluctuation in any of our brackets. No one picking anything crazy. Um, anyone want to justify why they pick what they pick, or we're just going off gut feelings because COVID? You can, you know, anything can happen.
1: I mean, for me, I guess the the top of it is what you got to look at. So I have Minnesota above Michigan. I I do notice Michigan got the number one recruiting class this year, and they're going to look good. But um, the thing is early seasons they just haven't and i don't know if that's because they have too much talent maybe it's hard to make it gel but i think uh, minnesota is going to ride off the end of the season the really strong end of the season that they had last year and i think they're just going to ride that throughout the whole season and come up first yeah kind of piggybacking off of what
2: ryan said um the same reason i picked uh, minnesota over michigan uh it's going to be a very weird start to the season. I expect like the first few games for every team to be pretty sloppy, um, just because we're shortened off season, COVID, everything. Um, I would really just expect more so Michigan, since they never really historically come out of the gates very strong. I would expect the same to ring true here. I would take Minnesota, who's a perennial powerhouse in a sense um over michigan just off that alone
3: okay cam yeah i mean no matter which way you look at it it's either going to be michigan or minnesota um whoever has probably the stronger start is most likely going to take it i just think michigan's got such a good team um last year um Unfortunately for the, for Michigan State, you know you face them five or four consecutive times and you you lose all four games and it's just that's just the way it goes. But I mean you have Straussman between the pipes, who's just a one man wrecking crew. He just stands on his head. And I mean you got a Michigan defense that's gonna take away those high quality scoring opportunities for no matter what team they're playing. And I mean you got a great goalie between the net. Or between the pipes, and you got defensemen that are willing to lay down the line, lay their bodies on the line, block shots. I don't really see Michigan dropping a lot of games this year. So, Hattie?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I might as well just insert my little rant now. Uh, I know this is a Michigan State podcast, but I, I will die in this hill that Michigan will win the Big Ten pretty handily this year. Um, I mean, Mel Pearson going into his fourth year, and this, and even last year, this team looked like a Frozen Four team. At right when they went, when the break stopped, because I think, I think after the after the GLI, not the GLI, after the why can't it? Oh, uh, oh, it is we'll the GLI. The... My mistake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The uh, the one Christmas. I'm, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, I think Michigan lost two games after that in total, after that, including beating uh, sweeping Michigan State in the Big Ten championship. No, not, I mean Big Ten tournament. Can't talk to you. Uh, Michigan did lose Slaker, Lockwood, uh, passed the job of uh, Beecher and Hayhurst, but what they're what they're returning and what they're getting back just looks makes them look terrifying. I mean, they're returning Cam York, Blankenberg, Straussman, Lambert, and Johnny Beecher. And then not to mention their incoming freshmen. Brendan Brisson was just picked 29th in the draft. They have two other uh, draft picks coming in that were top 150 in the draft. So this team... You're taking an already you're taking a team that already looks like a Frozen Four team. You're adding, you're returning a lot, and you're adding a lot. Now I understand Michigan faces the same issue with State as uh, that Michigan State is, and that's basically your uh, most of your top uh, like seven scores uh, graduated, but the rest of this team I think they could pick up the slack. And that's my little TED talk about why Michigan won the Big Ten in hockey. So yeah. Uh, that we've given uh, kind of our looks. Also, uh, it's worth noting that if you look at the schedule and based on the opponents that you know that everyone's going to get, Michigan State has a really backloaded schedule this year. Uh, they're going to get Michigan four times. They're going to get Penn State four times. They're going to get Minnesota uh, twice again. So basically, uh, they're getting a lot of their easy g- games out of the way in the first half of the year. So those might be some must-win games. once you start playing the teams and start heating up in the second half of the season. But now that we've given our little rundown on every team, we could jump into our uh, predictions. Uh, because college hockey is weird in the schedule of the games, weird. we're doing basically from now until uh, the 24th of November. So we got a couple games this week. Mich- uh, uh, Michigan State's first opponent, Arizona State, actually gets Michigan this weekend in Ann Arbor. So uh, Arizona State is going to play in the state of Michigan twice in a nine-day span. Uh, four times, actually, two series. But uh, we will get into the picks. Uh, first series uh, also this week, Wisconsin at number 20, Notre Dame. I took Notre Dame.
1: Right now, I got them as a split. Real, No real reasoning, just it's going to be a split.
2: I, t- I got Notre Dame with the sweep. I, I think Notre Dame is just a much more talented team.
3: I've got a split. Uh, I think Wisconsin can pull game
0: one, uh, not so much game two. Not so fast, Kim. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I know Wisconsin's receiving votes make them the 25th best team in the country, but I will die on this hill. Wisconsin is not good. They will finish last in the Big Ten again. That team on paper looks good, but when you watch them play, they are all out there playing for their own draft pick, and that doesn't win hockey games. So, yeah, Notre Dame in a sweep. Uh, and then once again, the one previously mentioned, number fifteen, Arizona State, traveling to Ann Arbor to take on number twelve, Michigan. Definitely, much watch hockey this weekend. Uh, I have Michigan in a sweep, though.
1: Uh, I got I got that as a split. Like I said earlier, Mel Pearson. I don't know if it's a little curse or anything. Don't want to don't want to put anything like that, but he usually has slow starts. And uh, ASU, from what I've seen, is a hot team right off the gate. So. I I see that Michigan's got that talent, but I, once again, picked a split for that. I got a split also. um,
2: Two very good teams. I can see both of them kind of landing their own punches on each other. I don't really see one, like, being much better than the other at all. So
3: Again, got a split. Somebody's going to take one. Um, I think Arizona State's probably going to take game one. Um, Just – going to
0: be out of the gates faster, Um, and then Michigan's going to come back in, too. All right, and then Arizona State's next series after that is, again, the state of Michigan here in East Lansing. Uh, We will have me on scene. We'll have a broadcast going, so you know follow up for updates from there. But number 15, Arizona State, travels to Michigan State to take on uh, on the Spartans in a two-game series. I have these Sun Devils in a sweep. I think Michigan sweeps Arizona State, and that kind of that like to fire under them and they just kind of take to Michigan State the first two games. It'll be close, but I have Arizona State in both games.
1: I have, once again, another split, split down the line for me so far, but I feel like Dan Cole knows how to get these guys going real early, and even though there is a big talent gap between Arizona State and Michigan State, I think Michigan State can pull out one of those games, and, yeah, I got them in a split. I've got Arizona State with a sweep. Um,
2: I think really just with – there is a big talent gap between Arizona state and Michigan state. Um, And really, I think, especially early on in the season, you're going to see the talent gap will be much more prevalent early on, I think. And especially with such a young team, they're going to need some time to gel together. So I've got Arizona state.
3: I've got a split. Uh, I'm an optimist for Michigan state, but, uh, We'll see. Um, I'm, like, I, like you guys said, the talent gap is pretty big. But, you know, a Friday game is a Friday game. A Saturday game is a Saturday game. And I, I think one, they might be able to take one, but both games are going to be close.
0: Spoken like Danton Cole himself. Take every game one game at a time. And then staying in our conference action, we have a number nine Penn State traveling to Minnesota uh, to, uh, to take on the Gophers. Uh, for the first time in Spickham, I am taking a split. I like both teams a lot. I think Penn State's going to pull out the Saturday game, but Minnesota's going to open up on the, uh, at home pretty well, and they're going ta- uh, each going to take one.
1: I've got Minnesota in the series. Uh, not much reasoning other than I think Minnesota, they're, they're playing at home, and even though there isn't going to be a crowd, I feel like they're going to they're feel that energy even though it's not there. Totally not a real thing, but I believe Minnesota is going to take the sweep.
2: I've also got a split um just for the reason once kind of the same thing I chose. Welcome
1: um, to 2020. Some random card. Um, but yeah, two
2: very good teams going head to head. Same reason I chose the split between ASU and Michigan. Um, obviously home home ice advantage is not going to be giving anybody any favors. So yeah, it's just gonna be two good teams going head to head. I see, I see one, one split.
3: I am writing the golden gopher train. I think they're going to take both games at home. We're going to, we're going to elongate it. We're going to take a Minnesota and they're going to take both games. So let's go.
0: All right. Simple enough. Uh, and then after that, uh, Michigan travels to Madison to take on the Wisconsin Badgers. I have Michigan in a sweep, and it will not be close.
1: I also have Michigan in a sweep. You look at the talent coming in, number one recruiting class, Straussman returning. I, you have to pick Michigan here.
2: Yeah, I don't see how you could not pick Michigan in this one.
0: I think we all, don't we all have Michigan. We do have all Michigan. There you go. It's pretty unanimous. Cam, go ahead, elaborate on your Michigan pick.
3: Oh, yeah, Michigan in a sweep. Uh, not even close, as, uh, as uh, Hattie said. Uh, the Badgers are probably going to be fighting for their lives, but, you know, should be a pretty fun and exciting game to watch. Lots of goals.
0: I do have to say, Cole Caulfield is up there for me with that Taro Hirose, Quinn Hughes uh, level of, wow, this kid is fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cole Caulfield's 5-7. He's probably returned. He, he's coming back, and he's probably the best goal scorer in the Big Ten, competing for one of the best if in the country. So, yeah. Caulfield's good. Wisconsin's not. Moving on. Uh, weekend after that, uh, number 10. Uh, number. So, this is the weekend of the 23rd and 24th. Uh, Ohio State travels to Minnesota. I have a split. I can't. I, honestly, I just don't know which one to pick. I feel like Ohio State's uh, pretty... Minnesota. Minnesota's still pretty young. Uh, Fourteen of the twenty-two starters were freshmen last year, and Ohio State just seems to really play well on the road.
1: I also have a split. Ohio State's a good team. I I was leaning a little bit towards m- taking Minnesota in the sweep just because they got they have a series underneath their belt. They're, they play uh, Penn State a couple days before, but I just looked at it and Ohio State's still a strong team year in year out. They're gonna they're gonna split with Minnesota. I've also got
2: a split. It's just, yeah. I, I see both teams just each getting one game on each other, both obviously incredibly talented teams. Just, yeah. I, once again, I don't see such a significant difference to where I feel like I'm calling a sweep, but anything can happen.
3: Yep. The right. battle between the elongated O's will be split evenly, um, according to me. So it should be a pretty fun series to watch.
0: Easy enough to split across the board. And then Penn State travels to Madison to take on the Badgers that same weekend. I have Penn State in a, uh, in a sweep, pretty handily.
1: I also have Penn State in a sweep. They're Like I said, they, they already got a series underneath their belt. I predicted a sweep by Minnesota against Penn State in that first series. So Penn State's going to feel a little bit sad and go like, well, we got to get some wins somehow, and Wisconsin – they, they travel to Wisconsin and they they lay it on them. I pick the sweep. I also Penn State sweep, I think it's just when
2: you have the number nine ranked team going in, in the country against the team that's projected last in the big ten, I feel like doing anything other than picking a sweep would be just not smart.
0: for this.
3: Uh... Sorry. Cam, Cam, go ahead. No, I caught you walk. Go ahead. Yeah, I got the broom all ready for this series. Should be fun, you know. Got to get some dust out of the, the closet. So, see how that one goes.
0: And uh, actually, I was reminded that I never even touched on the Big Ten's preseason poll they did. Uh, mm-hmm. So, in order, they had Minnesota, Michigan, and then tied for third is Notre Dame and Ohio State, five Wisconsin, six Michigan State, and seven Penn State. So they have number nine Penn State at seven.
1: Very interesting. We were talking a little bit about this before the pod. They have a lot of returning, sophomore, yeah, returning sophomores becoming juniors, I'm pretty sure. And I, I don't know why whoever made this projection, they may have been you know sleeping when they did this. I'm not really too sure. But um, yeah, Penn State finishing last in the Big Ten is something that I don't see happening. And I, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. We'll see how it plays out.
2: Yeah, I have absolutely no idea why they decided to rank Penn State last in
1: this one. I
2: think we, I think all four of us are in agreement that Wisconsin is the big favorite to finish last right now. Um, but, yeah, I don't know why, out of all teams, the number nine ranked team in the country and the highest ranked team in the Big Ten right now,
0: I don't know why you picked them to finish last. Yeah, it's, it is something I just truly cannot explain.
3: Yeah, but you look at it and you pretty much think it's a two horse race at the top with uh, Minnesota and Michigan. I think that at battle for number three, especially for seeding in the uh, Big Ten championship, hoping that we get to play that, um, that should be really interesting. Um, you look at it, Notre Dame and Ohio State both ranked third um, in the Big Ten preseason. Penn State probably slips in there. Uh, halfway through the season so I mean three teams going for that third seat um, which might honestly be very beneficial depending on you know maybe it's a close race at the top but maybe you know either Minnesota or Michigan just take takes the lead and runs with it and that's probably not a team you want to play first round of the playoffs so
1: yeah so, I see I see a battle for third fourth and fifth place you have so many teams that have a lot of talent and like, I'm pretty sure we all had Michigan and Minnesota finishing on top, but you look at Ohio State, Penn State, Notre Dame specifically, like, I I don't know who's going to become third and who's become, going to become fifth there. It's, it's going to be very interesting to watch throughout the season.
0: And then I also forgot to mention, when I mentioned that Cezanne and Lewandowski made the first and second teams, I was remiss, and I didn't mention the rest of them. So the Big Ten first team going into preseason this year, uh, Sammy Walker from Minnesota, Adam LaMose from Penn State, Cole Caulfield from Wisconsin, Cam York from Michigan, Sazana from Michigan State, Strauss from Michigan. No surprises there, nothing I out of the guy would change. Second team, Johnny Beecher, Michigan, Lewandowski, Michigan State, uh, Brennan McManus from uh, Minnesota, J- uh, Jackson McComb, Minnesota, Spencer Stasny, uh, Notre Dame, and Tommy Napier, Ohio State. Nothing too shocking at all. I couldn't see Dylan Holloway on the – Make uh, make a list there, but nothing I would change. All right, and then that just about summarizes it. So if anyone wants to make their preseason hot takes or just, you know, anything going into the season you want to say, go ahead. I will save mine for last.
1: I personally, I was looking at a lot of articles about Nash Neenhouse. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce your name. We're we're gonna we're gonna butcher a lot of names here this season. I'm pretty sure it's it's hockey. You got names from left to right here. But I'm looking at Nash Neenhouse. Uh Dan Cole in a lot of pre- press conferences talked about him. He's uh five foot eleven, one seventy-six pounds from Ontario, uh Sarnia, Ontario, to be specific. He was playing for the Omaha Lancers in the USHL and He made the all USHL second team in the 2019-2020 season. So I look at this guy and I think he's going to make an immediate impact to the team as a freshman. Hopefully he could step up into one of the two spots that are available at defense. I know we had four returning defenders. Uh, We had the Krieger brothers, Tommy Miller, and the last one is slipping my mind right now, but um I, I think that this guy is is going to be right off the bat a very good defender. And I think he's going to make the roster, even though Dan Cole said that they were probably going to switch out the two defenders, that the fresh two freshman defenders that they have on this team. But I think he's going to be a great addition to this team. He's very offensive. He has great decision-making, smart with the puck, reads the play well, creates offense, and a great skater. All the articles that I read on him had a lot of praise for him. So I think you're going to want to watch this kid play.
2: I don't really think I have any, like, major hot takes. um, But I'm I'm just going to throw something out there kind of random. I'm going to say that Michigan State wins the series this year with Michigan.
1: Very big hot
0: take. That's hot. It is
1: very hot. Zoom <laughs> is recorded,
0: you know. We can come back.
1: <laughs> I can I can pause. We can rewrite. We can cut that out. No, that's good. Okay, we're we're. I don't know. I'm kind of throwing this out there just for no reason
2: whatsoever. Um, other than that, than the fact you know, it's a rivalry. At the at that point, all all kind of uh, rankings and everything that going into it gets thrown out the window. Michigan was ranked 13th in football this year, and we already know what happened to them. Uh, Just in a a rivalry like that, all real numbers and metrics can get thrown out the window.
0: Cameron?
3: I say this is going to sound very weird. Michigan State will allow the fewest goals in the Big Ten. Now, I'm not saying their goal differential is going to be great. I'm saying they're going to allow the fewest goals in the Big Ten out of all seven teams. Um, I think, you know, you lose five out of your seven top scorers, okay, you're going to have to find point production somewhere. But if that can't be found, you're going to have to completely switch your game to become a more defensive team. Um, I don't see this team winning, you know, 4-1, 5-1, 5-2 every series, one game every series. I I see a lot more two-goal games, one-goal games. And, you know, I think the Ritter's going to step up um, after getting – beat out by Leatherman, he's probably going to go back, watch some tape, you know, make a little shrine to Leatherman and hopefully, you know, he'll get the goods. But I, st- I think, you know, a defense that is willing to lay lay their uh, body down and take away those high-quality scoring opportunities, especially whenever, you know, you can counter, um, I think that this team is probably going to shift more defensively. And if the Ritter stands on his head, like Leatherman did um, throughout last year, should be really interesting to see uh, their goal differential throughout the season.
0: Um, that just leaves me. Um, mine, I have Wisconsin finishing seven and seventeen after the season's over. Just not sold on them. They're going to collapse. They can prove me wrong. But I don't see it happening. And then. Yeah, I think I think I'm, the other one is I have Michigan winning the winning first place in the Big Ten tournament with two weekends to go. And if you if this team kept a sophomore Jack Hughes and a senior Quinn Hughes on this team, I'd probably project them to go twenty two and two.
1: Oh man, that would that would just be unfair, right there having the, having all that talent on one team. That that's basically if you're an NHL prospect looking into the NCAA or not NHL prospect, NHL scout. Excuse me. Uh, looking into the NCAA, all you gotta do is look at Michigan. At that point, you could go to one Michigan game and get five prospects right there in one. So, yeah, that would that would be utterly ridiculous.
0: It would not be fair, and I'm not. I'm yeah. I'm sure when certain people listen to this, I'm gonna get some hate because this is this is a Michigan State podcast. But on the other on the other hand, we are reporters. We have to look at it unbiasedly, and I'm saying what I see. Wouldn't be torn up if Michigan proved me wrong, but here we are and then uh, let's keep a tradition that Ryan Collins and Johnny Supan integrated Me Too and we are going to give every podcast a letter grade keep in mind we haven't recorded in numerous months and this was our first episode and all of yours uh, all of your big uh, behind the mask debuts so A to F
1: I'm going to go ahead and give it for the circumstances, I'm going to give it a B. I'm going to be optimistic with this. This is COVID season. We're recording on Zoom for the first time in behind-the-mask history, I would assume. Uh, we all got different internet, different mics. We're living with other people. And hey, I, I don't think the viewers saw or heard much of that. So I'd say we did a pretty good job. All, we got three new people to behind-the-mask and one returner. So with, given the circumstances, I think we did a great job. I'm giving it a B. I'll
2: give it, like, a solid
1: C-plus, I think.
2: It's obviously not perfect just because of the whole, you know, all the other extenuating circumstances and whatever else. But, like, I thought we were all did relatively well. I only see it going up. And so that's the thing. It only goes up from here, so.
3: Oh, exactly. I'd give it a solid uh, B-plus. Um, I like what Ryan said, you know, this is three of our debuts, and, Kyle, you're holding down the fort. Um, You know, tried to bring in a couple of little bits of humor in there and talking about Minnesota and uh, bringing out the brooms. But, uh, you know, hopefully the jokes will get a lot better. Um, I'm working on it behind the scenes. So it can only go up from here. Um, And, yeah. Yeah,
0: we're shaking off the rest. I'll give it a B-. minus, But, yeah, so next week's episode, we, we will have Big Ten teams that will have played hockey. So we'll talk about that. We'll dive way deeper into the Arizona State-Michigan State series because there's a lot of Michigan State roster pieces we didn't touch this episode that we probably should get to. So we'll record that as well. Again, Michigan State does play. It is Wednesday night as of right now. Michigan State plays next Thursday night, 6 p.m. in East Lansing. So, yeah, listen for it then. Keep an eye eye on uh, WDBM coverage for Spartan Hockey. And for all of us on Behind the Mask, thank you for listening.